you freaking auto? This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Roar, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Blues texts are great. Cal Raleigh will join us in 30 minutes. Uh, more Clayton drops, please. They should be a regular feature. No kidding. Uh, 253 says, I heard John called J.R. Sweezy, Jay-Z Sweeney. <laughs> That's a good John one. I like that. Uh, there are a few others. He called Lofa to Tupu, Lofa to Poo there's, yeah, there's a, there's more. used to have a super cut of yes. all of these. There's uh, <laughs> that was one of the great things about John. Yeah. One of the many. Uh, glad we uh, had a couple of minutes of, uh, of John love there. RIP to the professor. Um, so just getting back to the Mariners here, Brock, and I and I will say I, I I'm trying to be honest about this. Like I'm trying to just be transparent. Okay. I'm really I'm really working hard not yes. to be that guy. I know because in March you wrote an article and a column and put yourself out there, kind of like the Mariners brass did, kind of like the whiteboard before the season began. That you know it's a World Series and and you had put together an article and you didn't say this is. You did couch a little bit because that's what happened. You become soft in 15 well, years. Because you, it's baseball, and who knows correct. what's going to happen. Exactly. But you did say and, and wrote a pretty neat column that said, this team has a chance to be the best Mariners team ever. Mm-hmm. And obviously, April <clears throat> and May and June were a little rough. And gay and that boo, those boo birds that came out in that Friday night Tampa game on June 30th, I'm, you know, you and management and, and Jerry and all, and all of them are like, what, what's going on here? What, what is this? This is not the team that, that we put together. This is not the team that we wrote about. This is not the team that we thought legitimately had World Series aspirations. And then from July 1st, what did you say? 31 and 13. Yeah. Wowzers. They've been unbelievable. Yes. Over their last 44 games, they've been, you know, the best team in baseball. They've right been that the team. They've been that team. They've been so now you've got receipts. So now you're wondering, do I want to be Lewis Riddick? Do I don't I want, want to be that guy because I learned from Samuel Jackson. I learned. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. I'm trying, Brock. Because uh-huh. this little quote I got memorized. I'm trying. <laughs> Real hard to be the shepherd. I am. Yes. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a jerk. But I would yep. like for the people who accused me of, you know, of being paid by the Mariners to, you know, apologize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baseball's a really long season. Yep. And making judgments based on even a couple of months worth of play will tend to lead to big time mistakes, yep. especially when they don't fit with what should be happening. Baseball is a game played over a really long stretch. And by the way, I'm not sitting here today crowing and saying this is now who the Mariners are. They could absolutely go back in the tank and not make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Right now they're on pace for 90 wins. I would like for them to improve on last year and the year before and get better than that. I think they're capable of it. Certainly this next couple of weeks as they battle Kansas City and Chicago and Oakland and the Mets give them a huge opportunity to try to, you know, get farther mm-hmm. than, and, and build on that record. Mm-hmm. But just careful getting that I know. sure of yourself in this game. Like, it, yeah, it's just it's, not a It's not a great – this isn't football. Yes. It just isn't. And that's, it's not basketball. That is what is difficult about it. It's a different it. game. Because it is in those games, you are, and as a fan, as an analyst, and I get paid in football to give my judgment – 
right, wrong, and different, for better or for worse. Now, in football, there's a lot of tape. You know, the college game, the high school game, you can kind of see a lot of things coming, even in the NFL game at times, where the margin is a lot less. football players almost always play well. Yeah, and there's just a physical element, and there's a beatdown element, there's injuries element, and there's backup elements that come in, and all of that stuff. You know, and you can be judgy, to, to Jerry DePoto's word. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can be judgy. Baseball is very difficult to do that on a day-to-day basis. You could do it on a month-to-month basis. And for those that were judgy in April and May and June, the team kind of gave you reason to be judgy. You know, some of those acquisitions, unfortunately, just didn't, didn't work. But I think, what, I think what's interesting to me and, and why I find that what they've done over the last month or a half year to be so impressive is that while, while absolutely some of the things they did in the offseason didn't work, Colton Wong didn't work, A.J. Mm. Pollock didn't work. I mean, like they, they had a, brought in some But it didn't guys. sabotage the season. A, See also it, New York Mets. It didn't sabotage them because they left themselves a lot of flexibility to go out and make some changes, which they've mm-hmm. done and done very well. But also because the guys they went out and acquired are not that different from the ones they moved on from. I'm not saying they're not younger, more athletic. They are. Yes. They're not exactly the same players. But it's not like they replaced A.J. Pollock and Colton Wong with a couple of guys who have had five war, six war seasons. Mm-hmm. They went out and brought in Dominic Canzone, who had like a week and a half of Because that's, that's what they're going to do. They're going to reward their great players, Julio and Luis. And eventually, the guy we're going to hopefully talk to in 25 minutes, and Cal Raleigh. And, and they're going to reward and take care of their young core that are difference makers. But then they're going to have to do this and take flyers. You know, they, you know, the one thing, and, and I heard someone say this, and I think they're absolutely right. The one thing you don't really want to be is in the middle. Right. You know, and signing Mitch Haniger to a three-year, Ugh, $30 million. It would have been a disaster. That's, that's just putting yourself it, it, it in the middle. Absolute disaster. So they will take flyers on a one-year on Wong and a one-year on Pollock and a one-year on a, a one-week on Listella, right? I mean, they will take some of those flyers. And then ultimately, Salk, as we have this conversation, I just it just continues to ring in my ear. It's just Julio, mm-hmm. Julio. Julio. It's not even just Julio, though. I mean, it's since but July he is your 1st. Star. Julio and Cal and he Suarez. He is your star. I mean, he, he sets the table. He's your jumping jack. He's your jalapeno pepper. He is <laughs> your jalapeno pepper. He is your jackrabbit chasing things down in center field. He's the one that just has the juice for the team. And yes, I'm dropping a lot of J's right there on you. Okay, that was like five different J's. Because when he goes, the rest go. Passon said it in May. He said it in June. He said it through July. Lie, and when your star goes, and maybe Salk is a young player, the expectation levels too high. Mm-hmm. Add that to your list of beyond. It's just baseball, you know. When you had to try to do it from the front, and then all of a sudden, when you it don't have those, ex- for them. yeah, yes, when you don't have those expectations, and all of a sudden you're climbing, and you put that chip back on your shoulder, and you're going after people, and you're attacking it, and people think you're down, and people think you're out, and people think you're not the star that you were. Guess what, man? You come maybe. out and do, or, you come, or maybe it's just baseball. Or maybe he's just hitting line drives. Yeah, Luke, like, by the way, Luke Arkin sent me all sorts of data because my eyes are like, maybe he's just spraying the ball to the right. Now he's kind of done that all year. Maybe he's just hitting open now. Kind of, he's actually pulling the ball more in August than he has all year. But you know what he's doing? He's hitting line drives, and you know those grounders early or those mm-hmm. fly balls early are now line drives and they're doubles. And as you said, man, baseball is maddening. You better be very careful being too judgy on either side of it. Yep. But when it gets going and they go 31 and 13, is there any better just train to jump aboard than a baseball team that is winning? Mm. Man, it's fun. 
We felt it last year, right? We felt it as this team took that turn and got themselves to the playoffs. And right now, the confidence they're playing with, the next man up they're playing with, the pitching they just continue to do through 130 games, man, it is a fun train to jump aboard. Yeah, it is. And this was a blast this weekend. Obviously, anytime Julio is not, you know, is doing what he's doing, it's just, it's it's a treat to get to watch you it. You said it, man. Even the major leaguers just smile. They all laugh. laugh. Like, they laugh. Pff. They give that, pff. what are you even going to do about that? It's right? like the it's all-star like, home run derby. It's like it's two rounds in the home run derby. Uh, like what? Yeah. What is even happening out there? How in the world can a human being do what he's done here over the course of the last few days? He's got that kind of otherworldly talent. You combine it with the best pitching staff in baseball, a bullpen that's been pretty darn nails all year long, and then some guys on this team that are finally starting to hit the back of their baseball card. You end up with a team that right now is playing the best baseball of anybody in the major leagues. We'll come right back, give you everything you need to know. And then one of the captains of this team, Cal Raleigh will join us, not an official captain, but one of the leaders of this team. He'll join us in 20 minutes. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle sports on seven ten. Need to know 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know up first. It was just a fantastic, fantastic series in Houston as the Mariners take all three games. They've now won six in a row. The offense got it done Saturday and yesterday early. 2-1 pitch on the way, swinging a well-hit ball down the right field line. It's going to be a fair ball in toward the corner. Teoscar Ronnie, third being waved in. He'll score. Over to third goes Ford. In at second, Canzone with a two-out RBI double. The throw comes in from McCormick, and it's now the Mariners' two. And the Astros, nothing. It was the bats early and all day Saturday. It was the arms Friday night as they shut out the Astros. And late yesterday, as Scott juggled his bullpen Mm. and found ways to get the right combinations, he used some unique ones. Matt Brash in the fourth inning, but it all worked out. I mean, this series about pitching, you know, as crazy as that is, got to shut down that lineup over there. And, again, our bullpen from Brash earlier in the game and, you know, when you lose your starter like that, there's so many decisions. You start mapping it out. Where are we going to go? How do you go? I just know that, you know, at at some point, one of these guys that have pitched the back end are going to have to pitch earlier in the game. And, and Matt Brash did an outstanding job today to hold it right there, kind of calm the game down. And then we got into some of our other guys. So um, it, it's exciting. Exciting for uh, watch our club go through with it today. I love that description, calming the game down. Mm-hmm. I thought Scott managed one of his best games as a Mariner yesterday. Yeah, because the line injury there to Hancock is just can be a death knell. Like, oh, my gosh. Especially against that lineup in that building. It has been a big, big problem for years and years. Not so much now. And it's kind of fun reading the tweets of these Houston folks and the, the people that cover the team. And that Mariners just have their number this year. I mean, that is six of the last seven sweeping away the Astros in this three-game set. And it was Campbell, and it was Thornton, and it was some big innings there against some of their marquee guys, Salk, that have done so much damage to you over the years. Man, that sweep had to feel good, and they'll be right back at it with three in the Windy City against the White Sox beginning tonight. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Nice job by the Mariners, and we shall move to... Here's the second thing you need to know. The Seahawks, who also played some pretty good ball over the weekend, second preseason game on Saturday night. As we continue to get a little window into what this team will look like, they looked pretty good. It was nice to see Geno Smith and the first team offense out there. Pete appreciated that. I was fired up about it. I mean, those guys are, you know, they're 10 for 12, you know, the first two quarterbacks. And and, uh, I thought uh, Shane gave him some good chances tonight. You know, he went after him a little bit and, uh, you know, 
coming up with some big plays you know, in, in sequence. I, I, I really liked the way he called it. And we ran the ball for 140 yards, you know, and, and so, you know, that's that's the kind of balance that, that we're looking for and, and uh, gives us a chance to be able to do all of the stuff, all of the play passes and the movement stuff that we like doing. You know, it's kind of nice. You mentioned the depth earlier, Brock. I don't mm-hmm. see a lot of guys out there that don't look like they belong. Mm-hmm. I mean, even late in the games when it gets a little bit ugly, I haven't watched anyone and just been like, oh, that guy really doesn't belong here. It's nice to see John Hall yeah. come up with a punt block. It's nice to see, I forget the name of the guy who had the kick return, but they were a punt return, but that was pretty good. It's nice to see a lot of the, the running back who came in late and did a nice job. Like, they all kind of look like they belong yeah. on an NFL football field, which is great. You know what a big part of that is, Salk? Your coaches know your skill set and put you in a position to maximize it. So, Drew Locke, you're going to be in play pass these six different times because you do it very well. This third string lefty out of East Carolina, who you told me at rookie minicamp, you're like, bro, bro, he can't. It's like, Tebow, he can't throw the ball. And then all of a sudden, guess what? He's finding his footing. Pete loves watching him play. He is a bull in a china shop. I mean, he couldn't sustain for 17 games in the league with that kind of style. But as far as maybe a practice squad guy now, you know, and we'll see what Drew's need this week. He may get to start and play the whole game in Green Bay. What a thrill for him. But putting your players in a position for success, it is what Pete does really well and what Shane Waldron is. And I would second everything Coach just said right there, what Shane has grown immensely in as a play caller as well. Nice to see defensively. Trey Brown with a nice pick. Both Derek Hall and Tyreek Smith had sacks of the quarterback. And Boye Mafe once again, I thought the star of stars on this defense, he played really, really well. Here's the third thing you need to know. You just need to know about Julio. You need to know how unbelievable he was over the course of those four games. Nine straight hits and nine at-bats. He had 17 hits in four games while stealing five bags. Pretty impressive. Honestly, I knew whenever they put it on the scoreboard that I set some record for like four games span or whatever, but... Before that, I didn't know. Yeah, I don't have any idea. Four game span or whatever. Who knows? I'm just out here tearing the cover off the baseball whenever I can. Yeah, I'm game 120. I've never seen anything like it. Obviously, nobody in the history of Major League Baseball has ever seen anything like it. But uh, what can you say? Julio is um, just smoking hot right now, and uh, it's fun to watch. Every time I'm up there, he expects to get a hit. We expect to watch him get a hit. Um, And what he's doing on the bases, uh, everything else is fantastic. You want singles, you want doubles, you want a home run, you want me to play in center field, you want me to swap a, and swipe a bag, I, whatever it takes. And to do it all sulk with just immense joy. That has never stopped. Even through some of the valleys of this season, I think you made that point earlier today, even through some of the valleys and some tough spots and you know where he's not delivering late, where it just seems like people are just running the ball in and burying him away and running it in and burying it away and strikeouts that you know, are still, at a, at, you know, certainly through majority of the season alarming rate it never bothered him he still played with just that kid-like joy mm-hmm. that what scott asked him to do when he told him he made the team just be you do not change and over nearly two years now that kid has not changed pretty remarkable and uh he did it in the clutch a few of those games as well jp crawford returns tonight from the concussion il in chicago they're probably going to necessitate a roster move i would think there'll be a few of those roster moves what with the need for more pitching and try to shuttle in some of those bullpen guys and then unfortunately yes uh emerson hancock removed after just two innings with that lat strain they're going to be extra careful he'll go to the il and brian Wu should make his start this week that is everything you need to know 
And we do that quarter past every hour. Is little Tommy Malone still in Tacoma? Did he get? Is he, I is think he Tommy Malone there? is. He's not that little. You always say that. He's not little. He's I a normal know, sized human. Sure, I sure. He's six feet tall. Yeah. He's not six. They foot don't need tall. him though. Right now, I don't right. think. Uh, right. Just because. But if you're going to go to a six man, right? If you're going to have some of that conversation, yeah. And, and, and woo, you know, they said it's going to get a start uh, either tomorrow or the following day in Chicago. So that is good news, but. Yeah, you start to you start to look at the number of roster transactions. How many is it through 124 games? You need a ton of them, man. You need eight pitchers. You need 30 relievers. I mean, you, it's just how baseball is, especially with the arms. And, you know, I like the way they've done it. And they're not the only team that does this. Obviously, all the major league teams do. But just that idea of like, hey, for, you know, you use up your whole bullpen. And unfortunately, a guy like Campbell is going to need to go down now for a few days or somebody like that because mm-hmm. you're just going to need to bring in a fresh arm so you have enough guys to get through the next day or two. That won't surprise me if Campbell's down and maybe it's Ryder Ryan or Juan Tan or somebody who gets called back up to take his place for a couple of days just because you, you got to have fresh arms. Yeah, and then there. they'll be better in the majors than their numbers are in the minors. And it's just, you know, it's just, just what this team just does. Do that. Just kind of what they're doing go right now. Well, a guy who's just been right in the middle of everything. He is on pace to come up with nearly 30 home runs this year. And certainly he's hit a few of the biggest we've seen. Cal Raleigh will join us coming up next. The Big Dumper in action. I'm Brock and Saul. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Here's the stretch. And the 3-2 pitch swing and a fly ball deep to right field. Way back going and going. And goodbye baseball off the windows of the Hit It Here Cafe. Cal Raleigh, the big dumper with a two-run blast here in the bottom of the eighth inning. His 19th home run of the year, way out to right. We talked about his penchant for big home runs in big situations, and he gives the Mariners a 3-1 lead here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Holy smokes, what a shot by Cal Raleigh. More remember that that's how you say big dumper with uh, confidence with uh, with really knowing that it feels good saying it and it's the right thing I to say. I thought I figured it out after you guys had me practice. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. you played that call. I mean, Mora's call. That's I mean, true. Rizzer was, was great, good. but yeah. Mora was. Wanted to, else. Just wanted to remind you what that's like, and especially as we have Cal joining us right now, the big dumper himself. Cal, good morning. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So when you hear that and you hear Riz uh, with the call and kind of take you back to another one of these big moments, first of all, do you ever get a chance to hear those? Do you ever get a chance to hear those Rick Riz calls? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I get to uh, – anytime I get to hear, you know, Rick or Dave and their calls, it's it's always special. And, you know, they do a great job. And I know we all enjoy, you know, having them call our games and uh, getting to hear their, uh, their uh, special calls. You ever hit one like that at Smoky Mountain High School, or how about down in Tallahassee? <laughs> you ever hit a ball like no, that? Four fifty. No, not yeah, not like that in high school. So I, uh, there's actually one year in high school where I only hit one home run. So is it true? Oh, wow. What yeah, were you, what were you playing in? Like the old polo grounds? Like how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just hadn't really. It's kind of awkward. Uh, you know, I was kind of tall and lanky. I hadn't grown into my body yet. Yeah. 
I said more uh, gap to gap shots. I mean, I've told you, Salk, you grow into power. I mean, right. How many, how many learn times power. we learn power? You got to talk about that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Cal, it's been an absolute blast, man. This team over the last, what, 44 games, 31 and 13. From your perspective, Salk and I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out. Ultimately, you know, baseball is just baseball at times. But from your eyes and your perspective, what has turned? Uh, you know, I just think we're, you know, we're playing in cleaner, cleaner game baseball. You know, I think the pitching has definitely always been there all year. And, um, you know, I think you're starting to see a lot of, you know, a lot more better time of the hitting, you know, two out hitting, which I think that's what good, good teams do. Um, especially the ones that are in the playoffs late in the year, um, they come together and they get the hits when they need to. And we seem to be getting those, those big key hits, you know, late in games, uh, with two outs in the inning. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing now. And, you know, throw the, the really good pitching on top of all that and it makes a good recipe. How much of that is approach versus execution? Um, I mean, it's more execution really. I mean, you know, you can, you can have the greatest approach in the world and still not execute. It's, it's how baseball is, you know, unfortunately you don't, you don't get to choose your outcomes when you're a hitter. Uh, you can hit, you know, really hard balls right at people and, you know, kind of get that bad luck bug kind of like we had earlier in the year. But, um, you know, we, we knew that if we just kept our, kept a good approach and kept grinding and kept staying with it, that, you know, things would eventually turn. And that's kind of how baseball baseball is. Can you define clean baseball for me? You've said that a couple different times, Cal, and, and even in some of the stretches that were a little bit unclean and rougher, you know, you were some of the voice there to say, you know, we're just not playing clean. We're just not playing our brand of baseball. If you were, if you were the skipper, right, coaching a, a young team and you wanted to define what is clean baseball, what is it? Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about all the time, you know, 27 outs, you know, not giving any outs away, you know, whether it's on the base pass, whether it's, um, you know, errors in the field, whether it's, um, you know, free bases, giving up walks, uh, you know, strikeouts when you're in the batter's box, when you're able to put more balls in play. And uh, usually when that happens, you know, you can, you can make things happen, put the pressure on the other team, they make errors, you know, balls find holes, things like that. Those are kind of uh, what we talk about when we're talking about clean baseball. Well, I don't know what you describe what Julio's done over the course of the last week or so. Clean is probably just the very beginning of it. Maybe it's dirty. I don't know. What Julio's done is absurd. Have you ever oh, – no, you, no one's ever seen anything like it. But I guess I should say, what does it look like from up close? What does it look like from the dugout or the on-deck circle, what he's done? It's uh, it's really impressive. You know, he's, he's, he's on one of those heaters right now. And, um when, usually for for most of us it's not 17 hits in four games but it's uh it's it's a lot of fun to watch and you know he's definitely a special talent and he's he's making us go right now it's it's big it's a big pickup especially when you know jp crawford's out right now and he's uh kind of took off in that leoff role and he's um gave us a little spark brock and i often say that we've noticed that when people players have been around the game their whole life broadcasters etc we find them chuckling at the things julio does as if like they laugh because they just don't know what else to do they've never seen anybody else do anything like that how often would you say he makes you just sort of laugh in 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 amazement yeah this yeah this um yeah this little stretch he's been on has been super impressive it's just like you're in the dugout watching he gets another hit and it's just you just look around the dugout and everybody's just kind of like but those are hands up and it's like, of course he did. You know, it's, uh, it's impressive. 
Cal Raleigh here with us for a few more minutes from Chicago. You know, obviously the position you play as that catcher is a little a little bit like a linebacker or quarterback right in the middle of everything, kind of a leader leadership position just by its nature, Cal, and we've talked to you about that in the past. I'm kind of curious, uh, one of your newer teammates, Canzone, said that, you know, with JP being out the last week, he's felt Julio really emerge and kind of grow in some of that leadership. Not that he wasn't before, but, you know, with JP being out, he just stepped right into it. How would you kind of characterize JP and Julio's forms of leadership? Are they similar? Do they come out of it a little differently? Um, you know, the, the, you know, every, every guy on our team's different and they come from different places. Um, they respond to different things. And, you know, right now I think Hulu's doing a good job of, you know, getting the things going kind of like JP has JP, you know, gets on base. He has tough ABs. Um, he puts the pressure, pressure on, you know, opposing teams. And, um, right now Hulu's doing it. You're seeing a little more power, a little more, a few more hits here and there, but, um, it's really impressive and it's a lot of fun. How hard are those off days for you? A day game after a night game, and then you got to take a, you know, sort of a mandated break from catching. How difficult are those days for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, you get, you get accustomed to a schedule of a few night games in a row and then you got to wake up super early and get going the next day. Uh, it's a little hotter. Everybody's a little more, a little more tired, but you know, it's just kind of how it is. And it's kind of how baseball's always been. And you just got to develop good routine. When you're sitting on the bench, though, and you don't get an opportunity to play in that game for the first six or seven innings, are you a guy who's sort of chomping at the bit? What do you do on the in the dugout during those games? Yeah, I mean, you know, we play, uh, as you guys know, we play a lot of tight games. So I'm, uh, you know, the first three innings, I, I try to, you know, take a seat, watch the game, see what's going on, uh, kind of see, you know, the what's how the game's rolling, see where it's heading, and. Um, you know, once the around, you know, the fifth, fourth, fifth inning, I start, you know, stretching out a little bit, getting a little loose, uh, trying to get ready because, you know, I know, uh, you know, I might get a pinch hit or might have to head into the game there soon. So it's, um, it's about three innings of uh, just, you know, watching the game. And then after that, it's, it's, it's go time. You know, a lot of people getting a ton of credit, rightfully so, here, just like last year in that playoff run. One guy that we hardly talk about. We hear his name. He'll come out to the mound with you, Pete Woodworth, the pitching coach. And I said the last last week to Salk, I'm like, man, we got to start talking about this. I, I know the skip is is the manager and he's a catcher and it's pitching, pitching, pitching. But there's got to be something to this Pete Woodworth guy because everybody you bring up from Arkansas, everybody you trade for, everybody that comes in, just seems to, from our perspective, Cal, seamlessly fold right into the expectation level uh, with the Mariners and the Mariners pitching. Can you tell me from your day-to-day, your meetings with Pete, what, what does he do? How does he bring out the best in this pitching rotation? Yeah, what, he, what he's great. You know, he keeps things simple, which I think is what, you know, a lot of good coaches do. They don't overcomplicate it. They don't try to, you know, reinvent the wheel. He's he keeps things simple. He keeps people aggressive. He keeps people, um, you know, he keeps people involved. So, you know, you never know when you're going to get your, your number called here. And um, He's done a great job. I think we, you know, we have a great relationship. We He coached me in double A. Um, you know, I've known him for a while now. And, you know, I feel like we've definitely learned a lot of things from each other. And we're definitely on the same page. And, you know, when pitching coach and catchers are on the same page, usually it's a lot easier for pitchers to get on board as well. Hey, last thing for me, Cal, um, on these road trips and your downtime, 
we catching up on Florida State Seminole football at all? Do we have a feel for how camp is going? I'm kind of removed from the ACC. Do we have a, we have a sense of where the Knolls are going to be? Well, I mean, the big talk this this summer has been the the conference realignment. So they, uh, you know, from what I've heard, it's been it's been a mess. Um, you know, obviously Washington just moved to the was the Big Ten. Am I correct? Yep. Yeah. 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 So I've heard I've heard up. rumors. I know it's it's kind of a shame because you you know you grow up and you know you the conferences and the rivalries and now it's kind of all gone. You know. Everything's all a mess now, but yeah. I last last I looked, four states, uh, you know, eight in the polls, and I know they got a big a big one against LSU here coming up soon. I think it's Labor Day weekend, I believe. Yeah, yep, um, yep. let's go. I'll definitely be trying to yeah, I'll definitely be trying to turn tune yeah. in for that one for don't, sure. Don't worry, they'll all be in the SEC eventually. They'll just be one conference. It'll be the <laughs> yes. SEC, and everyone will one, have to one mega conference. Yeah, yep. just and then they'll divide them into divisions. It'll be the Atlantic Coast Division and the Pacific Division and the yep. Big Ten Division, and it'll basically go right back to where we were before. Hey, last thing for me, and, and maybe it's more of a serious question, but I, I did want to ask you about it. Take me back if you could three weeks ago was the trade deadline and the team makes the decision to trade Paul and bring in a couple of young bats. What, what was that day like for you guys and, and sort of the reaction to it? Yeah. I mean, you know, if I'm being honest, I don't think it was a real popular move. Everybody loved Paul and Paul did a lot for this team and a lot for this org. Um, and, you know, he was great for us all year long. You know, closing out games is not an easy role. And when you trade trade a guy like that, you're going to, you know, people are going to be a little upset. But we understood, you know, we have to keep going. We can't we can't sit and, you know, worry about things that we can't control. And um, we have a job to do. And our job is to make the playoffs. Our job is to win a World Series. And it's it's with whatever team that we're given. So we're uh, – We've done a good job of kind of putting that to the side and not not worrying about things that we can't control and um, you know give uh, you know the two guys that have come in you know give them a lot of credit Rojas and Canzone they've done great and um, you know you know we've had uh, some bullpen guys step up into some new roles and some challenging roles and they've take they took it and ran and done a great job as well so we're uh, we're excited about where we're at. Well, certainly you played some great baseball over the course of those few weeks. I'll just end with a confession, Brock. I know you don't like when I do this, but I got to confess. After watching you and Logan and your, you know, attempt to uh, mouth words to each other, I I now can't watch you guys meet at the mound. I laugh every time you're out there talking. I know you're having like a serious conversation about what he can do better. And I just, I can't stop laughing. I'm, I'm literally laughing out loud at my house watching you talk to Logan. So I just, I wanted to confess that to you before you go. Well, our conversations usually are uh, are pretty light and pretty funny, so they're uh, they're not too serious all the time. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that even when he's uh, as intense as he is on the mound, that he can uh, chuckle a little bit. Cal, we appreciate it. it's been so much fun watching this team over the course of the last what month and a half or so. We'll uh, we'll keep doing it. Enjoy the rest of the road trip. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. All right, there okay, you go. There he go. is, uh, Cal Raleigh, catcher for your Seattle Mariners, and uh, just all around even keel, good oh, yeah. dude.
Yes, he yes. is. He and is in just, the season. That's different from being in spring training. Uh-huh. That's, that's regular just, season, Cal, not spring training, Cal. That's 125 games yeah. in. When we asked Jerry last week where <laughs> yep. these guys at, he's like, their bodies are shot. That is regular season, Cal. <laughs> yeah, yes. That is not spring training, Cal. But, but you feel the difference. it's great to catch up, man. Yeah. It's great to get that perspective. They are different than you and me and all of the fanatics tuning in every mm. single night watching it. They have to be. Yeah. You have to train yourself to stay that even keel and that level through all the ups and downs this game brings. I know it's time for ranking, but unfortunately, Brock, I got to jump in here with some breaking news, and I don't think it's news you're going to like. I certainly don't care for it myself, but this coming from Pete Thamel, uh, excellent college football writer uh, who I know personally, really great guy as well. Sources, USC set to hire Washington's Jennifer Cohen as the school's new athletic director. Cohen has been the AD at Washington since 2016 and overseen the program reaching the college football playoff. She's a member of the CFP committee. That from Pete Thamel moments ago, Jen Cohen going to exit Washington to head to USC. This does not surprise me. We have not talked a lot about this, obviously, with the Seahawks and the Mariners and everything else going on. Uh, when I'm there in Seattle, I'm going to go watch the Huskies practice. We've hardly talked about a Heisman contender, Michael Penix, and a team that's a playoff contender. And But this all kind of like Colorado leaving. I had heard rumblings of this for months. And it really is a testament to Jen. And I couldn't be more proud and more happy for her. Um, as she has climbed, as she has worked, as she has ascended. When I was there in school with Molly, right in the 1990s, you know, Jen was was there and starting and working her way up and climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing has gained so much respect. Yeah. So this is going to be a massive payday for her. This is a, a, a huge step, as you said, on the national landscape for her. And I could not be more happy for her. Yeah, so so let me jump in there and agree. I mean, I, I've gotten a chance to know Jen over the course of the last few years. I just texted her at some point. I got her or emailed her. I got her number or email address and sent her an email and said, hey, I'd love to meet and have lunch one day. And she readily agreed. And we sat down and formed a nice uh, relationship since. She is a heck of an interesting person and really bright fantastic at what she does, wonderful fundraiser. I mean, brought a lot of money into the program, which they needed the Adidas deal, right? I mean, she oversaw some really difficult decisions and I think ultimately did a pretty good job, mm. a great job uh, with how she handled the the Washington program. Why is this happening? Is this because USC is going to get a larger chunk of the revenue than Washington is. Sure. I mean, like she's a Washington person. It's not like this was always the dream job to go to USC. So why would this be happening? Yeah, that's, you know, exactly why that's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's that brand going to the big 10 and it's going to be probably, I I don't know the numbers, but I'm going to guess double her pay. At least she was not one of the high paid ADs. They did not take care of her in that way. Just being point blank. And um, I think USC knows what they're getting and went after it and they had to get the right person at this time after firing Mike Bone, which was a colossal disaster. A lot of the upheaval that they have been in. You look at her track record of Chris Peterson, of, of moving on from Jimmy Lake in a hurry when it was wrong, of hiring Kalen DeBoer. Um, you know, her hires in many of the Olympic sports have been home runs. And she is a go-getter, man. You said it. She's on the playoff committee. She's mm-hmm. respected on a national level. And she is now going to get an immense, immense payday. 
Uh, Which she deserves. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I wonder if it's 100% that or, or, you know, look, she's got a chance to compete for a national title there in a way that maybe she couldn't here in in Washington. That may play a role in it. Uh, Some texts that come in from the 206. Is Chris Peterson a candidate to replace Jen Cohen? No. Uh, I think I can say that. I'm going to, I think, try to golf with him this week, and I'm going to say unequivocally, no. I don't think he wants that kind of headache and that kind of leadership. I don't think he knew. Uh-uh. Not, not something no. he would be interested in. I would not think so. Okay. Uh, Brock for AD, says the 509. Now, Brock, is there any know, chance you would like to be well, the next yeah, athletic director yeah. of Washington? I'm coming to town. I <laughs> think that's uh, likely actually, to happen? Actually, no. 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 Okay. Uh, Cohen has made some good hires and some horrific ones. I hope the best for her and her family that from the nine to five. Yeah. I mean, certainly the transition from Chris Peterson to, uh, to Jimmy didn't work, but she failed fast. She failed fast and she knew that was wrong and a sinking ship. And instead of staying on it for her ego or her hubris, she knew it was wrong. Had to make that decision. And and then helped. By, you know, hitting he a did. kid and everything. Then, I mean, he made it she, real easy to move on. Then she had to go and do the difficult thing. Yeah. And she didn't settle for a big name. She got the great coach, an, an excellent football coach and staff, and brought him in and, and won 11 games last year. And that was a decision that many ADs would not make. Mm-hmm. They would go, especially after the, the challenge of Jimmy, like, we got to win the press conference. we got to get a big name. we got to get somebody who's been here before. We gotta, I can't get a guy from... Fresno State that spent most of his time in yes you can. Yeah, I mean, she lost that moment, right? It looked really bad for UW at that time, and now here you are a year or so later, and totally different scene. Yep, things look pretty good for them all of a yes, sudden. They do. Uh, another text, uh, Jen, get ready for school politics at the completely another level. Uh-huh. I mean, being the uh, the one thing I will say, being the the AD at UW is a pretty safe gig. Being the AD at USC does not seem safe at all. It seems oh, like an incredibly risky gig. That if it doesn't go perfectly for you, you can really tank your career. Uh, yeah, it's it's taken a huge risk and a huge swing. But I think at this stage of the game for her, and as you mentioned, just the bottom line, you know, finances of it and budget of it, Salk, and, and when you're going to get a half share into that Big Ten for the next number of years, it is going to make it more difficult. And, you know, just candidly, the fundraising and the challenges – of that next generation of, of Husky fans and fandom like it used to be, you know, when, when I was playing and that level of fandom and the level of booster support and now having to turn it over to kind of that next younger generation. That's, that's a, that's a tough task. Yeah, that's it's a kind of task. interesting that the last two athletic directors at Washington have gone on to jobs doing the same thing at, but at two LSU of the and premier USC? schools. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. at, at LSU and then at, at uh, at at USC, I think that probably speaks pretty well to where UW is. I mean, obviously, this is not a joke of a program. It's not a lousy school. It's not a, a terrible place for ac- athletics at all. But it's not in the same category as USC or LSU or Alabama or some of the you know absolute top of the top when it mm-hmm. comes to not just uh, not just football but just college sports in general. Those are some of the absolute top schools. And I think what you find out today is that yeah. that's not where UW is. Yeah, I mean, academically, uh, very different than LSU. Uh, very, very different conversations. But not that different from USC. From USC, not that different from USC uh, and out on the West Coast. And if there is a West Coast team that has the finances and the resources, now you got to win. 
I mean, as you said, it is a brutal job. It is a job where you have to, have to, have to win. But when you do, it can be one of the esteemed brands in all of college football, right? I mean, it can be one of the five to 10 brands in college football when you win. See also the 2000s with Pete Carroll. Right. So you can do that. Can Washington be on that level? That's a no. That's a decision I, I think the that she that and no. Scott yeah, said nope. Yeah. They nope. just, I mean, and I think now, can they be 10 through 25? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there, and that's a lot of relevance to that. That's not a shot, by the way. I'm not trying to, you know, take a shot at the Huskies. But at this point, you got to recognize your last two ADs have decided to go to bigger schools, to better yes. to better options. And oh, by the way, you're not in the same class as them. Those better schools or bigger schools and better options. I mean, you can't you just cannot diminish yeah. the fact that she's going to make. You know, she has been underpaid. Go look at the salaries she of the athletic been. directors. Woefully, yeah. woefully underpaid. Yeah. And now she's going to be incredibly handsomely paid for what she well, has done. Her. her resume and her track I, record. I, I, can't, she's I can't fault her for that at all. And, and good on Jen Cohen, who, as I've mentioned now, uh, one of my favorite people I've met here in this business, in this town, doing the type of job that she does. I think she is really... Really good people, and I, I guess mm-hmm. I wish her nothing but the best. Although I don't like USC, so yeah. I think I wish her the best. I hope she does well without USC. Well, doing remember, well. there's Is a Hewitt there okay. too. I mean, you, you know, now you got Jen Cohen and That's your favorite true. Hewitt brother. I didn't think about so, that. Yeah, yeah. The, the Hewitt brother I've only met once. So we'll who probably you, get who you, you steadfastly kept me from we'll for all these get years. You your USC sweatshirt. Oh, I don't think I'm wearing that. Okay. I'm not a, yes. No University of Spoiled Children for me. <laughs> Thanks. I'll I'll pass on that. So apologize. No ranked today, but want to thank our friends at Carter Volkswagen. They do uh, bring us ranked every day, and uh, thank you to them for doing so. Uh, tomorrow, huge show being planned, Brock. Yes. We're going to be down at Seahawks facility. We've got Geno Smith, who's going to join us at 7.30 for an extended conversation. Our first. We've got our number four most intriguing Seahawk at 8 o'clock, so we are right inside the top five. We've got Jeff Passan, who I was texting with yesterday and uh, going back and forth with him. He did not like some of the things I had to say to him about oh. the Rangers and the oh, Mariners, oh, and he oh, was getting very oh. argumentative. Oh, and so that should make for a fun little conversation tomorrow. Jeff comes on at 8.30 and uh, still working on a, uh, a special guest for 9.30 as well. Oh. So, let's uh, let's be done for today. Let's turn things over to Bump and Stacy. We're going to take over next, and then uh, we'll catch you guys at six o'clock tomorrow morning. Thanks to Cal Raleigh. Thanks to all of you. We'll catch you guys then. Until then, the hay is in the barn barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper.